0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since
2: 1952.
3: I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 the fan.
1: Ooh, guess who's back? Look at we're all here.
2: Gang's all here. We're the three best friends that (laughs) anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have.
1: Yes, we are. And we're back and although you guys is, are
2: matchers today like that was totally I don't know if you planned it or not i mean i know you guys are both broncos fans and very seldom do i actually see you wear broncos
1: like I, attire i only have two broncos shirts this one which has a pretty stretched out neck at this point so i don't really wear it that often anymore i just it was the first shirt in the closet that i saw and i grabbed it in a, in a rush and then i do have another one that i have but that's about it i don't i don't have a ton of clothing from my teams i have a bunch of new england hats
2: and I have, a, I have a bunch of blazer shirts, but I don't have a whole lot of New England, you know, stuff. for. for so, Jesse, I don't think I've ever seen Jesse wear, like, an an Abercrombie or, like, a you know, uh, just a... I'm
1: not sure I've seen Jesse wear a non-Broncos thing on the show. I, I don't think I've seen Jesse
2: wear a non-sports-related item on the show. And <laughs> the, like, four years, five years I've been doing, I don't think I've seen you do it once. It's typically a Broncos hoodie or
0: a Ducks hoodie. Um, I, you know, have repped a blazer shirt here and there but not too often because i i don't typically i i don't typically claim them to be my team very often
1: i guess jesse is a he's a hoodie guy and he brags to me although it's weird that he wears hoodies when it's hot out because he is very cold all the time yeah
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it, it's 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 pretty cool though to see you guys are a little match.
0: We're oh, both I'm in orange, gonna, although I'm in the, the classic
1: a, Broncos logo and he's in picture, the new Broncos logo.
0: Yeah, no, that classic Broncos logo looks good.
1: Yeah, it does. They should go back to this one. Yeah, they
0: should. <laughs> There's a lot of logos. They should probably kind of go back to like, ooh, the modernized in the '90s that just with the '90s modernization just didn't go well. No. The, yeah.
1: Okay, so this is an interesting thing. We could make this a whole topic if you want. This is something that's always been in my head. So on on Twitter. I follow, like, UniWatch and a couple of the guys who run that website, and they always post, like, what new uniforms are out or what mm-hmm. weird things are going on. And sometimes it's, it's a little bit over the top, the amount of stuff that they post, and it's like, oh, really, someone cares this much that a patch is missing from this guy's jersey? But I like when they post some of the cool new, new stuff. But the thing that they both have, one of them's name is Paul Lucas, and uh, I forget the other guy's name. They both are obsessed with classic jerseys and hate the new modern look. And I am not one of those people. I, I I appreciate some of the classic jersey looks, right? Like I'm wearing the big old, old-fashioned Broncos The old New D. England
2: uh, logo was awesome. I love that The one. guy yeah, hiking, hiking the ball. The
1: ball. The, There ball. There are logos that are cool and jerseys that are cool. But there seems to be this really big push. Maybe it's like a hipster push that for some reason people are starting to hate on the new jerseys and they want to go back to all the old ones. And I'm sitting there going, I mean, the new jerseys have a, have a cool style to them, too. Not all of them are bad. I mean, some of them are bad. Some of them are bad. Some of the Adi- like Louisville's Adidas jerseys are awful. But yeah. there are some really cool college jerseys. I happen to like the new Browns jerseys in the NFL. Those are awesome. I no, like listen, the, the Browns can, jerseys. The,
2: the Browns can do no wrong. I don't think the Browns have ever had a jersey that I was like, ah, uh, that was not as cool. Right, you but people
1: ripped the Browns jerseys. They ripped them when they came out.
2: People hate change. That's why. You know, number one, remember when they changed the Blazers jerseys? And all they were doing, they were changing the font and changing the way the pinwheel looked a little bit. But it's still the Blazers pinwheel and still, but people were like, oh, I don't like that. I can't stand that. What's that biofreeze thing on the left side? It's like, bro, come. Come on. So did you people, see that
1: Milwaukee's sponsor is Harley Davidson? That's awesome. That's, that's badass. Is that, is, that,
2: is that not the best sponsorship that be. you can possibly have in the NBA? Although
1: the Clippers is Bumble, which I think is very funny. <laughs> that, well,
2: I mean, and it's so LA, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like meet somebody, swipe right. You know, that's, I think that's Bumble's awesome. the one where the girl
1: has to reach out to you though, right?
2: I think so. Yeah. It puts the power in their hand, man. Yeah. Good for you ladies. Make good decisions. <laughs> Smart
1: decisions. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like I understand that classic jerseys have a bit of a nostalgia effect to them and, they some of them were great, but that change I think is necessary for a lot of those old school jerseys. Man,
2: just imagine if we were, if we were really being nostalgic like that. Let's just say that Tampa Bay is bringing the creamsicles back, and that's gonna stay. No one wants to wear that jersey. That's the ugliest orange in the history of orange. And I mean, no offense, guys. Orange is an awesome color. But I mean, you guys
1: obviously grade in it today. Orange is but, an awesome color. I mean, you take that back. Okay,
2: sure. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Syracuse. I totally forgot for for a second but
1: yes two of my it. teams have orange in it
2: that's it coincidence <laughs> oh bro <laughs> no nope. bro like the glove's about to be thrown down yeah, you, i can you, already you see talk it jesse's throwing got trash. a really dominant throwing some shade at orange you should see that the way jesse's sitting it's very dominant right now like he's, yeah. he's very he's got the, the left
1: arm <laughs> out on the mic button but he hasn't moved it he's flexing that arm underneath the orange hoodie just to I, let me know that he's buff I, I'm telling you, man.
0: Shade <laughs> being thrown at orange, I not mean, cool.
2: Hey, you know, like burnt orange is sick. That the the all orange Broncos uniforms, ooh, that's different. Ooh, the Broncos. I, I acknowledge ooh. the Broncos jerseys were dope. You know, especially the the ones from the the '90s. You know, the like the the John Elway Super Bowl years. Those Bron, those jerseys were.
1: I think. Super tight. I think the other thing I don't like about this argument is that although the designs may may have been better, the actual jerseys were awful. <laughs> They were baggy. They had really long sleeves for no reason. There were the cutoff jerseys in college in the nineties, where you know you saw you saw the entire midriff and they had the mesh there was part over the abdomen. Looks. I mean, there was just, they just fit poorly. NBA jerseys now look better than ever in terms of how they fit. They well, just look good. You know, NBA
2: jerseys, especially then, was all about being baggy. You couldn't, you know, Stockton was the only person that wore those shorts until, you know, ninety-eight. Everybody else had kind of adapted to a, a bigger baggier style right now, that was the
1: style of the 90s but now but
2: now that we've moved forward everybody is the early very yeah. slim fit you know and so that's that's what the jerseys look like that's what baseball jerseys are starting to look like everything is just getting tighter and tighter i on, just on the players
1: i just don't love the i feel like it is a very large portion of the population that just wants to hate on all the new jerseys now they're not all winners the new bucks jerseys kind of suck and so the right, logo is text that in the logo is way too big like it's it's like five times too big the new jets jerseys look like portland state yeah, but I do like the all blacks. Those are cool. <sighs> just, I mean, I have like all black ever had black
2: in their jerseys, like, and that's my thing. Like, if you're gonna have, oh, uh, total so you don't like stand,
1: alternate jerseys then?
2: I'm not a huge fan of alternate like colors and stuff mm. like that. I'm, I love I'm, that I'm stuff. I'm honestly not really. You know, you just can't have a pink jersey for no reason unless it's like breast cancer awareness month or something. Like it's just, it's weird. Who has a pink jersey? I don't know. I'm just throwing out <laughs> random colors, like, you know, just the. I, like, Toronto, the, the colors used to be purple, and they're no longer that. Like, I've n- I haven't seen the purple alternate all year. I'd love to see the Raptor, you know, jersey. That was a cool jersey when you were a kid. So. Their, new,
1: their new jerseys are cool, though. You
2: know, Drake has, like, three Toronto I like the, Raptor I like jerseys. The, I like
1: the north with the red and the white triangle thing on it. That's yeah, cool.
2: The, the white one of that one is a Drake jersey, and then they have another one that's a black one that's also a, a Drake, I guess, inspired jersey. Oh, we're going to get so much play
1: yeah we are so much finals drake well They're hold on just... save your drake because we're going to talk about the series uh the rat eventually in the show not not right away but we'll get to it but save your drake thoughts because i think drake's fun <laughs> because <laughs> he's ju- it's just another storyline that's silly right i mean sure he's over the top but that's the whole point right is he the new spike oh yeah oh yeah for sure well, He's he's worse than spike lee was because he's hugging nick nurse and Giving him back rubs during and the game. I think he likes it. I think Nick Nurse is all for it. Well, I mean, it's Drake. Wouldn't you like it? No. I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm touching me, man. It's an intense moment.
2: The, their tense moment, he's loosening them up. He's just getting them a little loose over there on the on the sidelines. That's you know? where we're different. It's like if I'm in, in a tense moment like that, I don't need you rubbing my shoulder. Man, back up, bro. What you doing? <laughs> like I'm trying to win.
1: Uh, so I have returned from Turks and Caicos, which uh, I was going to talk about here in the first segment. But Jersey Talk Took up the first segment. I'll get to it at some point during the show. That place was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And it rained every day and it was still awesome. And now I want to go back when it's not raining every day. It's, that's how badly I, or that's how much I liked it. I want to go back ASAP. And uh, so we'll talk about that at some point, probably late, late, late in the show. But there's a lot of stuff to get to today. This week, Dirt and Sprague had Jonathan Smith in studio for a half hour, and we have a bunch of audio from that that we'd like to play and talk about the Beavs moving forward as year two of Jonathan Smith is underway down in Corvallis. The Blazers did get knocked out by the Warriors in a sweep. That happened on Monday, so uh, we've had a lot of time to digest the series. I don't really think we need to talk about that, but I want to look uh, uh, ahead with them a little bit now that Neil O'Shea got his extension and Terry Stotts got his extension. So we'll talk about that probably starting next. Raptors, Bucks as well. A loaded show and or love it, coming up in the 10 o'clock hour too so a loaded show but we'll start with the Blazers next now that Neil O'Shea got his contract extension and now that you've seen Toronto who added Kawhi Leonard in a ballsy move this offseason make the finals what should the Blazers do in a similar regard to try to match that that is next here on Sports Sunday on the
3: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: Welcome back into Sports Sunday, 915. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you till 11 o'clock this morning. Blazers out of the playoffs since the last time we had this show. Gee, the last time I had this show... We hadn't even started the Warriors series Man, yet. yeah,
2: last time you started the show,
1: last time I was on the show was Sky. I high. think it was the day of Game seven, wasn't it? Wasn't Game seven on that Sunday at twelve thirty. weren't was. we previewing Game Seven for we the Nuggets series? Yeah, yes, that we was the last time I did the show. So, uh, and to be honest, I was in the Caribbean. So I did not watch a lot of the Blazers Warriors series. It was on ESPN. so when we went out places, it was on the TV, but I didn't really watch a lot of it. i I, I caught up when I got back. I found out they blew three different leads and yada, yada, yada. So, We don't need to talk about it. It's been talked about for an entire week. But what I do want to talk about is the upcoming offseason for this Blazers team. So we just watched yesterday Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors make their first ever NBA Finals. The Raptors. And the only reason the Raptors are in their first ever NBA Finals is because this offseason they said, you know what, we might have the number one seed in the East and we might win 50 plus games a year. But this ain't going to cut it. And they traded DeMar DeRozan and they got Kawhi Leonard on a chance that he might stay. And we still don't know yet because Kawhi is a free agent after this year. Lots of talk about him going to the Clippers or the Lakers or other other teams that are in bigger markets than Toronto. Although Toronto is a huge market, but bigger U.S. markets, I suppose, than Toronto. But they gave themselves a chance to re-sign him. And I think in this, in this time and day and age in the NBA, when you're a team of that level, you just need to give yourself a chance. Who thought that Paul George was going to stay with the Thunder? Nobody. He did. I mean, I don't know what Kawhi's going to do, but if they, the fact that they made the finals and if they push the Warriors, you think he's going to leave? He might, but he, there's a high chance he stays too. So you just give yourself that chance. And I think that's what a lot of Blazer fans want to see from Neil O'Shea this offseason or at least in the next year or two now that you have expiring contracts on the books, now that you're in the last year of the Evan Turner and the Myers Leonard and the Mo Harkless deals, which are uh, tradable assets at this point. I think a lot of Blazer fans want to see Neil O'Shea follow suit in some way, shape, or form to try to make a big move like that.
2: Um. Well, yes, I, I think that's the hope is that You can make a move like that the only thing in the the case of a of a guy like a Kawhi, somebody that can really change um your franchise is there's not a lot of those dudes out there like well mind you there are some you know really good basketball players especially at the at the three spot there's not there's about three or four really really special ones really really game changing ones paul pierce or excuse me paul pierce paul george as great as he as he is how much did that help okc you know, this year in the playoffs.
1: Imagine where they would have been without him, though.
2: I'm not, they're they're nowhere near there, but with him, it's still a first-round exit. So even uh, great players can come in and they can do some things for you, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee you a win. Like, I think Kawhi is in a great situation. Like, you, it's easy to look at him right now and say, you know, man, well, I wish we could have something like that. But the truth is Toronto was already set up to be a very good team. You know, they, they had a good player in DeMar DeRozan, and then they upgraded for a better player. And Kawhi Leonard, but all things had to, a lot of things had to work out for that to happen. San Antonio had to spitefully send him to Toronto, where he didn't want to go, as opposed to send him to L.A. or to I can't remember the other teams he was thinking about going to at that point. Like there was a lot of things at work, you know. Jimmy Butler, every time he got left a the team, there was something going on there to where he had to be shipped out. Or you know, so they're getting these guys based on things happening around the league. Like if that happens for the Blazers, then then awesome. But are you really willing to give up? Like C.J. McCollum, say what you will about him, C.J. kept you in that in the playoffs. There was C.J. was a better player than Damian Lillard after the first series. The for the rest of the way, every playoff game they had, even the games against Golden State, C.J. was a better player than Damian Lillard was. And so, like, are you really willing to give that away? I feel like, man, as Blazer fans right now, we're kind of, of course, you're proud of your team, but I think there's still some disappointment there because you were right there for the first time in almost 20 years you were right there you could taste it you could see going to the finals especially not, not against, as right
1: there as you were in 2000 but not as right there <laughs> as you were in 2000
2: but you you could see the fact that you you saw you you could compete with golden state you saw you could beat golden state and for whatever reason you just couldn't hang on to it but then you start thinking man what happens if you have a Nurkic? you know i think this team looks much different with use of Nurkic going into the playoffs and so while i think o'shea has some work to do and you, I think the Blazers are still in a very, very good spot in the much more competitive Western Conference. The
1: the thing here, though, that is that is a key for me, and I, I wasn't even necessarily considering the CJ trade, although you would have to do that for a certain level of player, right? For the Kawhi level of player, you would have to trade CJ. But then again, if you had to trade CJ for a Kawhi level player, I'd do it in a heartbeat, 100%. I wouldn't even think twice about it because Kawhi is that much better than CJ McCollum is. It's not to say CJ is bad. CJ's proven himself this season and especially this postseason to me, that I think the two-guard system can work if you have the right pieces around you um, because Lillard and McCollum have improved defensively enough to where they're not liabilities on that side of the court anymore. But my, my thought was more in this light here. There are There's only a couple left at this point, but there are some players who run big contracts on bad teams. It doesn't happen very often anymore because the the NBA is getting smarter you're not seeing this many bad contracts anymore. But the number one guy that I see and I've seen talked about on various Blazer posts and stuff that could be a fit in terms of taking away, t- taking on some money to help a team that doesn't need him, but a really, really good player who just made the All-NBA team this year is Blake Griffin on the Pistons. He's got three years left on a on a big contract. But imagine not trading C.J., and your, your team is Lillard, McCollum, whoever at the three, Blake Griffin, and Nurk when he comes back. That's a, that's a team that's going to be in the conference finals every year, presumably. Because this is the thing. Yes, in the West right now, you're in a good spot. But you're not in a good spot to be at the Warriors. Nobody really is, right? And you can hope and pray and wait that the Warriors fall apart and break up. But then all of a sudden, the Clippers will come up as the next super team because guys are going to be signing there. I think you've got to make that move as soon as possible. Now, I'm not saying immediately, maybe not this year, although this is a good year to do because you have expiring deals. But you have to try to make that jump now because you see where you are now. I agree with you. The Blazers are in a great spot. I don't think this year was necessarily a fluke. That doesn't mean that they're going to get to the Western Conference Finals every year, but I think they're good enough with the right matchups and with you know, a good enough Damian Lillard play in this series and good enough CJ play in this series or a healthy NERC to be able to get back there at a certain time. But you got to be able to help yourself at this point when you've got the elite of the elite still in the West with you with the Warriors. Because you looked as well as you have or as good as you have for years and years and years and you still got swept by Golden State. So you need to do something. And maybe that means trading Zach Collins, right? Maybe that means giving up Collins and Myers and Turner for Blake Griffin,
2: and you know what? To be honest, of the three, I think the only person that Blazer fans would be really sad to see go would be Zach. Of course, you know you don't want I, another Jermaine
1: O'Neal if you're no, a Blazer you, fan, you, but you also need to accept that you need to get better.
2: No, absolutely. And I think Zach would be, you know, one of those guys that has some value, has shown that he can be uh, a very good player for you. Evan Turner at times has showed he could be great when he's not trying to, you know, score or anything like that. When he's trying to distribute and rebound and play defense, Evan Turner is a hell of a player once he starts trying to make plays for himself that's when it becomes kind of a, an issue for the rest of the team but to quote the great Kevin Malone from the office you know a fluke is one of the most common fish in the ocean so yeah you can you can say like <laughs> it just it just kind of happened but hey man the, it, there was no fluke for the blazers to get there this was a sl- this is a gradual build for them to get to this point the thing i worry about is how are you able to replace some of those impact players that you've had this year i remember this time last year maybe a little bit later this time last year we were talking about at least i was about how disappointing the offseason was and bringing in guys like seth curry and bringing in um who who was who was the other one was it layman or was it
1: uh you got Seth this year you got uh oh my god forget who the
2: other who the other person Uh, was somebody that was
1: yeah, Stauskas.
2: Nick Stauskas is like, man, come on, this is what's gonna help you win. Right, but the guys then, who
1: were gone that are that you're not gonna be able to get back, almost certainly, are not gonna be able to get back are Cantor, Curry, and Hood.
2: And that's the and those to De- Canter, Curry, and Hood were three of the big reasons the Blazers were able to advance in the playoffs. Like Rodney Hood, his play against Utah, like you 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 don't make it that far, you know. And you mean Denver? Uh, excuse me, Denver. I'm so sorry. Yes, this play against Denver, you don't make it, you know, to the conference finals if he doesn't come through and and save the Blazers on multiple occasions. Seth Curry making huge shots in that series, you know, that doesn't happen if if he's not. So, I mean, Cantor clearly goes without saying, you know, his impact throughout the playoffs and everything. So, these things don't happen if you don't make these big acquisitions, you know, some point during the season. And so, you, now you wonder, like, what happens now? Because this is the best the Blazers have done in 19 years. And now you're going to lose three of the pieces that definitely helped you get there. Where does that put you? And I think that's the big question for everybody now.
1: Well, and I think that's where this is going to be a very vital offseason for all Shea, obviously, for many reasons. But in that sense, you're really tight against the salary cap. You are, I think, already in the luxury tax. And although I think a lot of people, we've already gotten a couple of texts about trying to get Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, or trying to trade for Anthony Davis. There are things out there that actually just are not possible for this Blazers team um If you clear cap space off the books, it's really confusing. But I read an article about it on Blazers Edge, and you can probably find it if you look it up. There's there's some very very weird cap rules out there that even if you clear that off the books, you can't just go sign a max player. It it puts you into the luxury tax so steep that you you'll be paying it forever. And for some, I, I apologies for not having the exact reasoning in my head. It's I the cap stuff is so confusing to me in all sports. I struggle with it a lot, but Blazers edge has been doing a great job with it when they when they've been covering it. That's it's not as easy as just clearing salary cap and then going and getting a max player to fill that spot. You need a max slot to get a max player. Um, so I'm not sure that Jimmy Butler is really an option. Uh, he I guess he could be if I'm wrong on this, but I don't think that's going to be a, a realistic option for the Blazers. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is a realistic option for the Blazers. I don't think Anthony Davis is yeah. a realistic option. And, that's, and that's, that's that's why I say Blake Griffin to me that although it's a, it's a it's a push and it's a risky trade. It's a realistic option.
2: Well,
0: if you're so for the off season, for the Blazers, you you have to look at this kind of, okay, Seth Curry. We're gonna lose Seth Curry. You you're, you're hoping that Anthony Simons is able to come in and 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 kind of fill that role, right? So he can uh, score. He, yeah, a guy that can come in, score, um, shoot some threes. All right, if, if you got that, okay, check. All right, we're we're probably gonna lose Cantor. Um, you you did see some good improvement from from that front court whether it was Meyer Leonard's or Collins um, but at some point you're, you're going to get Nurkic back right so you're going to lose Canner. the the only thing that you can kind of possibly do and it is like incredibly unlikely but it is in the realm of possibility is you can get creative free up it's just a couple million dollars in, in the cap space. And then you can offer a guy like Rodney Hood nine million in that mid level exception instead of I think what it is is like four and a half right now.
1: Right. I think it's five point two million in the mid level. But yeah, so that's kind of the point I was making without the right numbers is you can only do so much to manipulate the cap space you have, which you could get back a guy like Curry or Hood if you wanted. If they took nine million,
0: and Hood is the guy that you would get. Not Curry doesn't want to be here. He doesn't like his role. Hood likes being here, likes his role, but he's not going to stay for five million.
2: Right, and Cantor, Cantor would be one of those guys that would be probably of the three the most likely to accept. Like sometimes just having been waived and having you know like he's he's probably he just the one made that,
1: himself some money this offseason. That's, That's the, the problem. A he, did a he did a make a lot of money, a lot of, of this money, offseason. but
2: he also showed the world that he is a huge defensive liability that you can't play. In some situations, so I mean, unless he can against really against the
1: Warriors pick and roll, you mean <laughs> against
2: against anyone's pick and roll. Like I mean, well, and, and does it's not really as fair because, well, no, it is fair because Stephen Adams looked like an all star for points of the OKC series. Like, why can't you stop Stephen Adams, who's not known for his prolific scoring? You know, he's known as a defensive guy, somebody who can finish around the rim, but Stephen Adams was hitting jumpers on you and where was your defense so he did kind of expose himself there but he also did show he played pretty uh, well against you he showed how tough he was man i think with with the bum shoulder and everything and still able to go out there and do what he did he's gonna make himself some money but if it doesn't come then i think of the guys that are able to that would take that mid-level i think cancer would be the one that's most likely to do it a
1: couple of texts on the better you today text line at 55305 which we'll get to after the break as well as moving on into the Toronto-Milwaukee series. This is Sports Sunday. First, Jesse S S. Sports Center.
3: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: 934. Text lines five five three zero five. Better you today. Text line. Wanted CJ traded forever, but feel he's improved beyond what I expected. Not sure what forward is worth trading for. How they'd mesh with Dame and Nurkic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the anti trading CJ camp. Unless you're getting top of the top player like a Kawhi Leonard level player for sure. I am, I am 100 against that just because of what I saw this uh, this postseason. I mean, he was sensational scoring this postseason and was not a liability on defense anymore so it got to the point where I, I i like i said last segment i think this two guard system can work with the right pieces around it it's no longer what the warriors had with monte ellis and steph curry that they had to break up because it wasn't working i think it can work it's just up to old to, to make the right moves to put the right pieces around it
2: well i definitely think it could work i just think it was two guys that were both cj is a guy that came into the starting lineup because really CJ's been a starter now for what? This is year number four without LaMarcus, five. So he's been a starter now for the past few years, and every year he's just got increasingly better. First first it was just scoring the ball, um, and now his, it's his defense that's gotten a little bit better. He's gotten a little bit chippier in some of those things. Like, CJ has become a, a, a great NBA player, and my question is always, like, trade him for who? Like, because you, you, you mentioned Kawhi once c- c- probably arguably – you know, one of going to be one of the great players in the NBA already. Already is Anthony Davis, top ten player in the NBA. The you know Paul George, arguably a top ten guy. I don't know if he's first team this year, but I I mean, but Paul George is super super cold. You know, so it's there's only a few of those guys though. Jimmy Butler, yeah, but do you want Jimmy Butler and everything that comes with Jimmy Butler? Like that's the thing. Like you get a great talent. But I think Jimmy get, Butler
1: would fit perfectly. And we
2: get fit perfectly, but then you get everything that comes with Jimmy Butler, like the, if it's not me, then I'm gone. Like everywhere he's been, he's gone to teams that have been with the exception of Minnesota. Like he couldn't, couldn't make it happen in Milwaukee for whatever reason. Couldn't get along with Derek Rose. Couldn't make it happen in Minnesota because he couldn't get along with Carl you mean Chicago, so, not Milwaukee. God, dang it. I keep doing that. I'm sorry. Couldn't get along Chicago, which is super close to Milwaukee, but Chicago and uh, couldn't do it with, uh, with cat in Minnesota. Seems to be having some type of issue, you know, and, in Philly. It's like, at what point do you say, man, it's you. And I don't really want to take on that type of baggage. It'd be different if he was like a Ron Artest type of defender, but he's not like, he's a very good one. He's a, he's a great defender, but he doesn't change what you do defensively like that. You know? So, I mean, Jimmy Butler's great, but I just, I don't, I wouldn't want him and everything that he brings with this team. That seems like they really care about each other. They really like each other. And
0: it called me crazy. I wouldn't give up CJ for, um, for butler or anthony davis and and that's because uh, uh, of the culture and the attitude that these guys bring to the team and i I think that is extremely underrated in the grand scheme of things when everything that you just touched on with with jimmy butler is one of the reasons why philly's not moving on It, it you you have the chemistry issues that those guys bring to a team you know a guy like anthony davis just quit on his team halfway through the season because he didn't want to play out the rest of his year and a half of contract are you kidding me you quit on your team that's that's different i get i get the money you can come out say you want to be traded but you just flat out were like i'm just not playing for a couple weeks i'm just i'm just not gonna play and that that to me was unacceptable that's not a guy i want on my team or on my franchise and so i would rather have a guy like cj who yes is on the court No, he's not as good of a player, but off the court, in that that huddle on the sidelines, uh, ten times the player those guys are.
1: The culture thing is interesting because that's always been the selling point for Neil O'Shea's moves that he's made, and I think for a lot of people, for a long time, you look at that and kind of you kind of go, yeah, yeah, but what, right? You can have a great culture, but you are not winning. Well, now you are winning. At least you made it to the Western Conference finals and you have that great culture and everybody has now talked about how that's one of the reasons why they made it this far made it through tough, such a tough season with the Paul Allen passing and some of the injuries that you dealt with and the coaching uh, the 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 video coordinator who got into the car crash you, you you went through so much and you were able to still make the Western Conference finals that maybe there's more to it than I think a lot of us thought. We thought it was just kind of like a nice, fancy selling point for the team, mm-hmm. but Ennis Cantor couldn't say anything but positives about it, and Rodney Hood said nothing but positives about it. So maybe there's more to it than that, and maybe you're right, but I also wonder if the strength of the culture is enough that you could massage Jimmy Butler into someone who would enjoy playing here too, right? if you get that that caliber of a player. I wonder if it's that level or if that one bad seed – Comes in and ruins the whole thing.
2: Here's the cool part Jimmy Butler is really seen by a lot of fans and a lot of you know reporters as a good dude. Like every interview I've ever seen with Jimmy Butler is like, Man, you seem like the coolest dude ever, you know. But even with cool dudes, there's that trigger that kind of changes things, especially when you're talking about um being an alpha. Like Jimmy Butler is one of them dudes that wants to be the star, the spotlight needs to rest on top of my head. And the thing is, you come to Portland you're 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 not going to be number two. That's just kind of what it is. As great as you are, are you a better overall basketball player than Damian Lillard? Perhaps. But will Damian Lillard still be the star? Man, absolutely. This is his team. So I think some guys struggle with that. You know who did struggle with that? D-Wade. D-Wade, because why? Because he had set a culture in Miami that says, man, we play together. We're here for each other. This is what we do. LeBron, come here and be the guy. No problem. I'll take a second seat to you. Damian Lillard will openly say that, but I think it would still be tough for... Butler to fully grasp, almost kind of like LaMarcus. LaMarcus was really kind of threatened by the fact that Dame was so good and really on the way up. I think Jimmy Buckets is one of those dudes that would really have a problem with that.
0: Think about a guy like Kyrie Irving who was in Cleveland, and he hated that he wasn't the guy. He was the guy. LeBron comes. He's not the guy. Hates being in LeBron's shadow. So he goes to a place that has probably the maybe the best culture in the NBA, loves winning NBA titles in Boston, you got a great young nucleus there. They literally are like this is your team even though we just get you know we have all of these great talents, Jason Tatum coming up, but it's going to be your team and he still has issues there. That's my problem with guys like that. He's he lands in the perfect situation to flourish and succeed instead he's a problem. And that to me is why I I mean Sure, maybe it ends up the other way. Maybe they end up, like, acclimating and becoming one with the great culture. But in reality, these guys, to me, and I I bring it up all the time, they're cancers. And you bring a cancer into a locker room, and it takes a great culture, and it kills it because that's what cancer does. It kills things.
1: It is. I mean, yes. I I just – I wonder. That's all. I wonder if it's strong enough to withstand it. Because you're right. I mean, the Dwayne Wade thing did was able to hold together a pretty – Strange pairing of players for a decent amount of seasons. Four years. Four straight finals. Yeah. You know, so. And they're won- seeing
0: that right now in Golden State. Every single one of those guys took a back seat for KD. And KD still has a problem with it. He's still, but they're also still winning. Uh, they are still winning. They, yes, but Katie, I, I, I got to go to New York. Which makes I gotta it weirder. Which
2: makes it weirder. Like Jimmy Butler is one of those things. Like I'm losing, so now I'm more of an issue. Like that's that's kind of what we've seen. Like I think well, a lot of times, Anthony Davis, you can put anything around me for seven years, and now I'm frustrated. Like I'm tired of losing. Katie's in a situation where this is the best team ever put together, quite possibly, and I'm mad about it, and I want my own opportunity to show that no, it's not him. It's me. I'm the guy. Even though Steph has openly said KD like, hey, he is, man, this is our guy. This is the team. He can come in and do what he wants to. I'm not really tripping. Like he still has an issue with other people seeing it as somebody else's team, as opposed to the guy that's saying, Go ahead and have it, bro. Like that's that's weird. And that's why I think I admire LeBron because he's I'm hey man, like you want me to be so okay, I'll I'll do it. I think it was tough for him at first, but man, I'll figure it out and I'll have a problem with it. Like my ego isn't gonna, you know, as big as eos lebron has he's been able to keep take teams to the to the finals there's some cohesion there somewhere you know what i mean so buckets isn't one of those guys
1: coming up next let's get into the raptors bucks series that wrapped up last night toronto with four straight wins in the series to win in six and head to the nba finals this is sports sunday on the fan (laughs)
3: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: Last segment here, your first hour on Sports Sunday. Better you today, text lines 55305. Also got a text that I forgot to mention last segment. Uh, where did it go? I said, that's why adding a good player and getting Nurk back could be enough. We were talking about adding Blake Griffin or getting a good player to fill one of those three or four roles and then getting Nurk back plus the two yards could be enough. Yeah, it could be. That's why That's why I think you need to strike now while the iron's hot to try to keep this momentum going. Don't fall back to another first-round exit before you get back there again because you were uh, waiting too long to make that kind of a move. Anyway, let's move on to the Raptors-Bucks series that wrapped up yesterday. So the Bucks are up 2-0. Apparently, you were just... Raving about how great the Bucks were last show and how they were going to uh, be amazing. Lucky, lucky for me, I, I only did that in the first round and said that they would beat the, the Celtics in five and you laughed at me, <laughs> and then they beat the Celtics in five. So, listen, I was I've right been, about that. But I, I
2: can't tell you how wrong I've been about the Eastern Conference this year. Like, i well, I was for sure Boston because like Jesse was saying, everything's in place there in Boston. Kyrie is just the icing on the cake, you know, the really the cherry on top and that should have been enough. And after that first game, you saw how how good Boston was and then Kyrie didn't happen. <laughs> and they did not Giannis did and he just ran through everything. And that was the only game they lost, I think, in the playoffs, right? Up up until that point. Up until they played uh uh Toronto and they just I don't know, man. Like I, I don't I don't I don't know what happened. Last week I saw the arguably the best team in the playoffs. And the, the team that was really running through everybody like a hot knife through butter. And all of a sudden in a week, just one week, seven days later, it's a totally different story. And this isn't one of those Miami beating Dallas in 06 type situations, you know. No, this is they just completely outplayed them for The next four games, and they built a wall around Giannis at the at the the, right around the the free throw line. Told him, "Man, make a jump shot." We challenge you to do it, and he couldn't do it a lot of nights. And Chris Middleton, it just showed that he's why he's a very good player. I mean, much better than me, but B plus right now, B B plus at this point. Like Milwaukee fell apart, and Toronto. We forget that Kawhi Leonard. I think some people forget that he's an NBA champion. That this is his third while well, this is Toronto's first trip. This is his third time on his way to the finals. Uh, he's been the finals MVP. He outplayed the best player in basketball for four games and showed the world who he was. Like Kawhi has done it again. And this its hard to see a team implode like that. I, th- I really thought that the Blazers really meltdown over four games was the most like baffling thing i had seen like how are you up in every single game the blazers led more of the series than golden state did so how you let that happen for four straight games was it it blew my mind so for to for milwaukee to be up two games and convincing in those two games
1: for you to lose four straight like i think it's worse than the blazers yeah
2: it was it was i think it vindicated the blazers thank you because if you're the if you're the blazers now it's like well at least we lost a team that's probably going to be the champion. We didn't probably. lose four straight. Yeah. We, yeah. you know we lost four straight, but we lost four straight in a sweep. Like you were projected to win the series, and everybody thought you should win the series, and everybody said, "Really, I'm not the only one." Everybody said uh, Milwaukee was going to the to the finals for the most and part. People
1: said they had a chance to beat the Warriors in the finals too. Absolutely,
2: and I, and, and I saw that. I was like, okay, I could see what you mean by that, but Kawhi just said not to be. You know, Kawhi does, and I'm. This is this is for a topic for another day. He, I said this once before, man, he moves like Jordan. He does. I'm not saying he's as good as Jordan. No, that would be ridiculous. Well, you know, he's great, but that would be ridiculous. Like, but just the things he does, the way he moves with the ball, the, his fadeaways, little things like he's like a, almost a mirror image, you know, of, of what Jordan is obviously more fluid and stuff like that. But if you look at the way Kawhi moves, it's really kind of weird. It's
1: like, huh, I've seen that move before. Yeah. Yeah. That is Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to say he had a coming out party in this series, but it kind of felt like he did. I mean, we've seen him in the finals before. We've seen him play on the Spurs before, but it's different with the Raptors. He has more control with the Raptors offense. He has more impact on that game than he did when he was in San Antonio. And he's just better now because he's been playing for more years than when he was with the Spurs. But from the games that I did see in that series, it did feel like the Bucs were up in almost every game. And then Toronto Kawhi Leonard just said, okay, we're done and just went on a single-handed mission to destroy the Bucks will. And we got a text about this, and and I had seen this article too, or this 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 comment on Twitter. They said that after the game four loss, where it was tied two two, in the Bucks locker room was like a morgue. They had no energy. They looked like they had lost. And that right there was proof they had lost. If you have that mental energy at a 2-2 in the series, where both teams have won on their home courts, you've lost, and they did. That 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 moment right there showed you why the Bucs weren't ready yet, and it shows you the difference between the, end, the the playoffs and the regular season. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with the Nuggets series with the Blazers. I mean, the Blazers used to be that team. Now they have experience in the playoffs. Denver has no experience in the playoffs, and it showed in that series time time and time again. Denver looked a little bit scared of the spotlight, whether it was Jamal Murray clanking shots or their bench players completely missing everything or Jokic disappearing in game seven to or at times in game seven. And it's the same thing as this. This is the Bucks' first true run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is Giannis's first time that he's he's had any sort of challenge. And he ran into a guy in Kawhi Leonard who'd been there before. And hell, even the Raptors, although they've lost, have been there before. And
2: you gotta look at this Raptors. Experience teams. matters. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, Nobody really talked about is the overall experience from Toronto. Now Kyle Lowry hasn't been awesome in every game, but Kyle Lowry is still a, an experienced playoff you know point guard. He's had some really great moments. He's had some crappy moments in the playoffs. Adding Marcus Ald was big but, too. You know Marcus Ald. You know somebody who's been to the conference finals. You know with with Memphis and been able to be a star of a team and an all star. Sergi Baca has been to the NBA Finals. You know, Sergi Baca is somebody who's really transformed his game as, as far as being just a defender and shot blocker to being able to hit multiple wide open three pointers. So this team is Danny Green played for the Spurs, made huge shots for the Spurs, won championship with the Spurs is no stranger to being in the playoffs and being in the conference finals. So, you're looking at a team that was just ready. You look on the Milwaukee side and the most seasoned person they have is on the bench and, and street clothes and Paul Gasol outside of that. Nobody else has any of that experience that you would need to, to make a deep, deep playoff run. So yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Uh,
1: a couple more texts. This is back on the blazers, but that's fine. Uh, so not the blazers made it to the conference finals. Expectations are even that much higher uh, all or nothing. It's tough, man. Yeah, it is kind of all or nothing, right? Before it was nothing. You were losing in the first round almost every year. You got swept a couple years in a row. You had lost 10 straight playoff games. Now you make the conference finals and you got to get back there again. But that's sports, right? You can have realistic expectations. I think some Blazer fans are looking at this and saying that's doable, but getting back to the conference finals every year is tough. It's not going to happen unless you really make a step this year to get that much better. And so I think realistically, Blazer fans will look at it and go, well, it was a great run. It was perhaps a little lucky uh, getting the teams that you did when you did, but it was also the right time and the right place and the right team to do it. But there's there's a reason only so many teams make the conference finals over and over again. It takes yeah. a special type of team to do that. It
2: does, and I really think it takes replacing some of these guys that you're going to lose. Like you have your base, you have your core: CJ, Dame, Nurkic. Once he's healthy, you know. But you know, how do you replace Rodney Hood? You know, who who are the other Rodney Hood guys, you know that are out there. Is it is it somebody like a a, a Rudy Gay for a little bit, you know, maybe a a, a Danny Green if uh, when he's available for free free agency this summer. So there are some guys that you can look at and say they might be able to fill this role. And you would think somebody like a a Danny Green would love it here in Portland. You know, haven't played in San Antonio, then went up to Toronto, which is a gorgeous city if you've ever if you've never been there. But uh, yeah, I think there are some guys that you can get. But I think it's really about replacing those impact players from your bench you know how do you find another canter you know like so how do you find another guy that's going to come in and easily be able to get you 12 14 points off the bench you know i think those are going to be the
1: important things for the blazers as they get ready to move forward this other text before we go is is kevin love a possibility yeah he he would be in that same group of overpaid players on bad teams that they would like likely try to get rid of that contract for the expiring contracts now I think Blake Griffin's a better player than Kevin Love and would have more impact than Kevin Love personally but yes he would be an option as well if you were trying to make the trade market to go help a team get out from under a big contract and give them your expiring deals and I mean yes that would make you better too I just think Blake Griffin does more he's more athletic both of them have had injury issues in, in the last few years so you're not really gaining or losing anything between the two in that sense uh Blake Griffin can shoot the ball Kevin Love's probably a better shooter but Blake Griffin does more in the post now so I mean I, I would take Griffin over Love I would try to at least but yeah I think he's a possibility as well
2: no yeah Kevin Love is somebody who's, whose game has clearly you know changed and plays for a team that's decided to go young and go young fast and so uh, but he's still somebody that was able to put up 17 and 10 you know and his and and a, that's a that's arguably his worst year that he's ever had as as an NBA player so I think he can come back to Portland if he wanted to, which I've heard he doesn't really want to play in Portland. So come to Portland and and really play his natural role. Can't really, really choose if forward. you get traded, though. You can't, you know. But you know, you want somebody to 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 be there or want to be there. I think that's more than anything, you know. Sometimes getting traded, you you don't have a choice, as you saw with Kawhi Leonard. So now you got to hope that they want to be
1: there. So. Another guy I've seen mentioned who I think is as is a hard pass is Andrew Wiggins, because they gave him a gigantic contract to Minnesota and he's done nothing to live up to it. And I don't think you want Andrew Wiggins on this Blazers team. I just don't think he's as good as we all thought he would be with the number one pick.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean he he's he's somebody he hasn't panned out, but he's still somebody that can get you you know eighteen you know nineteen points a game. I think the fact that he doesn't average twenty four was the big disappointment because that's what you thought he was going to be out of out of college. But I think we overlook how you know how special they're got. We mentioned there's what thirty guys in the league, twenty something guys in the league that average at least twenty. That's not a lot considering there are, you know, 30 teams and 15 guys, 12, 15 guys on each team. So still averaging 18 or something like that for this Blazers team could be incredibly beneficial. Like I said, you're not losing, if you're not losing any of your core players, like that's somebody that can be incredibly helpful at that three spot. Absolutely. All all of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins goes from being just kind of okay to a, a factor on a team.
1: This text says, I don't think Cantor's going anywhere because he's already got 75 to 80 mil in the bank. He wants to play with Dame. Ah, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. That Cantor's gonna go, Hood's gonna go, and Curry's gonna go. Ex- expect it, accept it. People like money and move forward. It's pretty. People like money. That's yeah. a great. That's a great point. Yeah, people like money. There's always there's always more money to be had. There's it takes a very rare person to say, yeah, I'll pass on that money. I mean, I guess there's the smallest of small chances that happens, but no. Uh th- th- those three guys are are not leaving unless, like Jesse said the other segment, you free up enough to make the mid level exception worth rodney hood's while basically at nine million or something like that that's about that's about the only chance you're going to have all right coming up next hour we got handed 11 at 10 30 we also have some oregon state chatter after jonathan smith sat in with dirt and sprague but first rashad wants to bring up a nfl hall of fame conversation that's next here on the fan okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you